Welcome to another Night Shift Football Red Edition. Another three points to celebrate this week. It's not the only thing we're celebrating this week. We're celebrating 100 episodes of the the Green Pod, I guess we'll call it, the Euro Pod. That you can check that out on Spotify, Apple, wherever you're listening to this. I guess that makes sense. I've done that a few weeks in a row now. I reckon I've just yeah. talked about where you can get it on here while you're listening to it. Anywho, Adelaide got three points. Let's celebrate it. Uh, Tommy's here. Cooper's here. We're going to go through it. Yeah. Where should we start with this one, boys? Because it was a pretty entertaining game. Three points. Uh, it made us look like fools, given what we said a couple of weeks ago, that we were done. We were out of the title race. Maybe that's what it took. Over. It took a night shift football razz up to get the boys going. We'll take credit for it. Don't worry. Yeah, we won't give it a call. <laughs> oh, not at all. Maybe it's more Milligan. It was since Milligan it took was, over. Carl's come was, back from his death-defying injury or pneumonia or whatever he had. And all of a sudden, Adelaide want to play football again. Me telling the world that Nestor Aaron Kunda had a dog shit attitude was the rocket that he needed. You, you did it. You did this. We did this. We got Adelaide <laughs> over the line. Um, I'll just ask, as usual, initial thoughts on the lineup going in. Um, Baron Popovich at centre-back. Um, Louis held his spot, but Izzy moved into the midfield. Clough at 10 again. Hallow and Goodwin, Ibasuki, all the usual suspects. We were um, we were pretty gutted in the grandstands when we had a look at the lineup and we saw that the midfield had changed. Um, it was a little bit groany about Izzy being back in there, but yeah, I think I think we ate our words after the end of 90 minutes because he it absolutely he ran the game for 90 minutes. He and we spoke about it, I think it was you, Sam. He said it a couple of weeks ago that. He doesn't do it as consistently as he used to, but every two or three games, he just absolutely takes over one. And I think we saw that on the weekend. Yeah, he does. And I think he's absolutely still in our best 11. He showed that again. Um, It's just, you know, it's all the stuff we've been saying about it hindering, hindering Dorigo's progress and that kind of thing. And the red cards have been tough to take from Izzy. But when he has a game like this, you can see why he slots straight in. Depends on the game, doesn't it? And I think it... When you get him out of the double pivot, like RIP one day, I'm really upset. I didn't, I wasn't able to jag one of the shirts on the weekend. If anyone's got one, please send it to NSF Football at. <laughs> I would love to. I'd love to have one so I can wear it. Um, but when you don't have that double pivot, it almost frees up Izzy in a sense as well because it's he's not playing in the pocket of one day and one day's not playing in his pocket and he can sit deep and play balls and he's not forced to play you know, these horizontal three-yard passes all of the time. And, you know, maybe having Aligic and Dorigo in there for a couple of weeks gave Dorigo the confidence and the freedom and the belief in his own ability that he can do this. And it's great to see him starting and getting minutes all the time. I was the same as you guys. I wanted to see Aligic start. I thought it was a little bit rough on him. He hadn't done anything wrong. Um, but there's definitely games where it probably calls for an easy masterclass. And if Carl can pick the games that it suits. You're going to get the best out of his ideas. Yeah, I just I don't know where with Carl. I just he does things that just don't make sense. And I was talking to Antonio, our friend Antonis, the other day about this, and he said, "I think I'm at the point where I'm just going to stop trying to work out what the fuck Carl Veer is thinking, and just tell him, have fun, Carl. Go out there, get another three points, keep getting results, and we just we'll just stop discussing what you're doing because even things like Aligic from day one of this season, we all wanted Johnny Yule, but Carl Veer has gone. Not nah, Aligic is my my young midfielder who's going to get the minutes. He's 
been the guy that's come on. He's been the guy that's started games and he's been so in favour. And like you said, he'd done nothing wrong, found himself out of the team. And with 30 minutes to go on the weekend, we took Zach Clough off and it looked like it was a shoe-in for Ethan Alligage to come on. And all of a sudden, Johnny Yule that we've been crying for got his half an hour. But it also meant that we only saw Ethan Alligage for five-odd minutes again. So I just mm. things like that as well. I just wonder, like, how has Ethan Alligage fallen out of favour? He might not have even come on, actually. And no, I don't think he did. You're right. Who's um, that, sorry? Alligage. No, he didn't. We only made the three changes. Yeah. Yule came on for Ibasuki, and Kunda for Clough, and Madania for Halloran, who was awful. Yeah, so Ooh. how does that? I just, I just wonder, in Carl's head, how does Alligage go 90 minutes out of favour? After starting back-to-back games, mm. do you reckon he's a very uh, like a training park guy? If you have a shit week on the on the training pitch, you're not playing on the weekend. Maybe he just underperformed during the week. I I couldn't tell you. I honestly no idea because I think that kind of goes against what we've been saying about Izzy and One Day and that. So unless they're just absolutely lining it up every week at training, I don't know. Yeah, well, the only I, from what I've read this week, One Day is brilliant to have around the dressing room. So. Whether or not he's performing on the um on, on the park at, down at Playford, apparently he's a really really great influence upon the dressing room. So maybe that speaks more than his ability. The only thought process I had on Yule being the guy on the weekend is he seems to go from what I've seen of him in the MPL and even in the limited minutes where he came on the week before. He seems to go up and back better than Alligich. I think he has the he has the tank, and it was a really entertaining game of football Saturday and. It was very, very end-to-end. We got 38 shots virtually almost split in the middle, probably 60, 40 Brisbane's way. Like, So it was just up, back, up, back, up, back. And I think that probably suits Johnny Yule a little bit better than Ethan. I also thought it was a great game. And uh, like we're biased, so like we're obviously invested in the football when Adelaide play. Um, but pretty much everyone I spoke to thought the same thing. Like I was really, even when it was 1-1 and we hadn't, we hadn't had the winner, I felt walking away from it, you know, it's shit. We get a point out of this. Brisbane are a decent team. I've watched a good game of football. I don't mind this that much. Yeah, I would have been really annoyed at the result, but the um, the football itself was pretty entertaining. I enjoyed it. I think a why lot would of you, it... Why would you have been annoyed? I didn't feel like we I were a better to team. Yeah, I want to win too, but overall, if you're looking at it, I didn't think that we did enough maybe that's, to win it. That's a different thing. Is it not? I thought we'll talk no, that's well that's different. That's, that's one's entertaining and one we should have won, or we you walk away disappointed not having won. No, I'm saying I saying I wanted to win and saying we should have won are different. Okay. So if we hadn't have won, I would have been disappointed that we didn't play well enough to win. Um that's what I'm saying. Um we'll skip by the first goal because Louis Dorigo scores. I'm glad he took on a hit. Goodwin gets credited with an assist, um, but it's deflected off 17 legs and beat the we keeper and gone in. Sam, we shouldn't skip it. Someone is going to at us in his family and be really <laughs> well, upset. No, they'll at you. Um, but I'm glad Louis got his name on the sheet. He was super pumped about it too. Good on him. He's been playing well. Um, we'll talk about Brisbane. We can talk about the next their goal and then they scored again and it was disallowed. But two names I want to talk about here in particular, Carlo Armiento is one of them. The other one is Henry Hoare. Um <laughs> where, where should we start here? Maybe Henry Hoare when I accidentally yeah, dropped accidentally dropped the uh you know the word that you really shouldn't say <laughs> in the stand. You have when absolutely you're... screamed a C bomb at the top of your lungs at a fairly quiet moment at the top of the northern end. 
surrounded yes. by children and families and um there were more families up the top than I anticipated or that I recognized. And there were a lot, there was a lot of gray haired people there, like nothing against them, but maybe that's not your area. You're not typically there. It's not the first time I've had someone turn around this season though and look at me like, uh, what are you doing? But what Henry Hoare did in that moment on Joe Gauchi, and it kind of, I think it kind of set the scene for what they were going to try and do throughout the game. They were very physical with the goalkeeper. They were what, like well up in his grill. And every time he had the ball, anytime the ball was coming anywhere near him, there were just players launching themselves into him, basically. What moment with Gauchi are you talking about? Uh, the It was like the 13th, 12th minute, 13th minute, and Henry Hoare comes running through with his elbow up after Gauchi cleans. He just he takes a really easy clean take. And there's a there's a late challenge there by Henry Hall with his elbow up on him. And I look, I took offense to that. I didn't oh, appreciate was that. Moment. I didn't I didn't even remember that. Um I am surprised Gauchi caught one. Uh Henry <laughs> Henry Hall, of course, was booked for diving. It was pretty poor. And I remember yeah. telling you how much I can't stand this guy because last time we played Brisbane, this guy's name popped up the way he came on while they were losing the game and just tried to push people around and laugh in people's faces. And I was like, what the fuck are you grinning at? You suck. You don't score goals and your team's losing. Uh, and you, they lost again. You say that he sucked. He's quite well rated amongst the soccer Twitter community. Oh, he we is... all know how shit the soccer Twitter community. Oh my God. But these are the guys that dictate uh, the popular opinion on football though. Because there's only so few people that talk about this game. And so when you amass, you know, a thousand followers and you say that Henry Hoare is actually a good talent, people just read it and they're like, not along. Like, yeah, no, Henry Hoare's pretty good. No, he's not. I saw him do one good thing. I think he skinned uh, Yavi Lopez once and got into the box and won a corner. But that was the extent of his attacking ability on the game. Outside of that, you're right. His It's not even shithousery. It's just, it's, it's just plain bastardry. He's he's a jerk. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Shall we talk the goals, Cooper? The Carlo Amihento's corners giving us all sorts. Gauchi probably needs to be better on some of them. Um, got away with one where he was fouled, disallowed, but the first goal sneaks in that near post. Um, interesting stuff. <laughs> yeah, it looked like a um, it looked like a real shit corner that just I don't know if um, it was Amihento taking it. So in all honesty, he was probably trying to score. Um, He's very much like, I don't know if you guys have ever played pro clubs with a gun, with a bunch of your friends or whatever, but he's very much that guy that just fucking shoots every time he gets the ball. It doesn't <laughs> matter where he is. He just, just the pulls the fucking trigger. Um, but no, nah, it looked like it come off the near post and just Joe and Noel, Noel's knew nothing about it. It just, just come off the near post and hit him. I don't know whether, you know, how, how we set up off corners defensively. I've never really paid too much attention to the old front and back post, but... There was obviously no one there. Um, Has it ever been a problem? Like, I can't think of it being an issue until this game. Well, I said before, I'm not sure I've ever really thought of Joe Gauchi being weak in the air or like, to, to me in the previous weeks, I felt really, the whole season, I felt comfortable with a ball above Gauchi's head. I've never really thought of him to have an issue. And then it seemed like Brisbane came into this game and their plan was to just throw everything up above Joe Gauchi's head or whip everything over his head and and see what happens. I from memory, I can't remember if it was City not last time we played him the time before. Um I think it was Amy Park when it happened. He has conceded off a, directly from a corner before. Mm, yeah, um 
and he is quite a tall goalkeeper. So I don't know whether it's just like something to do with his positioning or whether when a ball goes in the air, he just potentially loses his bearings a little bit. Um, but I just think it's that, you know, I'd like to see him be stronger um, in the disallowed goal. And there was a few other times as well. We said we'd like to see him be stronger, but I think it's one of those things that you can probably rectify with a week on the training ground. And like we said last week, we're going to win more games thanks to him than we'll lose. So I don't think it's that big of a concern. Yeah, true. Uh, is Eugene Galekovic the guy that we should be looking towards to teach him to take a ball above his head, though? Like, Huge is not a man <laughs> of huge stature. And, like, in my memory, not one that came and claimed a lot of balls in the box. They definitely targeted him in that respect. There was two or three around him in the disallowed goal moment. Um, you know, the guy jumping with his arm in the air, trying to inhibit him being able to catch the ball and stuff like that. You know, this could be a tactic that we see from here in. So you, you would hope that they do go to the training ground and work on this. I don't watch, I don't generally watch much Brisbane. They're one of the teams that I, you know, I see they're playing a game and it doesn't really appeal to me that it's, much. It's um, the Bournemouth of the A-League. And I just, I don't really know if, I just wonder whether it's something they do every week because they're quite a big clunky fucking team that don't mind. Like you said, Henry Hoare, it doesn't matter who it is, will throw themselves at anyone or anything, and they seem to do it all over the park as well. Um, so I just wonder if it's something they do every week. And I guess it remains to be seen as to whether, you know, Gauchi cops a few above the head next week just to test him whether it's early or whether they go with the whole game. But I wouldn't be shocked if we just don't even see it again, potentially until we play Brisbane next time. Mm. Well, there'll be less Connor Chapman being able to do that. Can Like, uh, okay, we, we may or may not talk about A-League transfers or the mutual termination window. But for Connor Chapman to line up on the weekend um, and then two days later to be on his way to Melbourne victory, it just seems crazy to me. I know this is a little sideways divot, but how? How, how can you do that? And for there not to be a fee involved whatsoever, that's just it's so bizarre to me, man. Mm, yeah, um, I'm a bit lost there. What, what <laughs> in relation to? Oh, Connor Chapman was the one that was getting up in his grill, basically. Oh, on the, okay. um, so if we're talking about Brisbane doing um, this going forward, no, maybe think, not. I think what you'll find, I reckon we're going to see every team pretty much do it now for the rest of the season, at least for the next few I games. Think I think so. do it. As soon as any team gets a corner, they're going to plant it in on top of Gatchi's head. I would, after what I saw last week, definitely. Um, there was multiple occasions. Um, Nestor Aaron Kunda came on, scored a winner, an absolute rocket. This guy can hit a ball. He gave away probably one of the worst passes I've ever seen <laughs> to lose possession and then <laughs> won it back, dawdled through the defense, smashed it home. Um, man, this kid hits rockets. Doesn't he? It looked like the defender was so surprised to receive the ball from such a poor pass. He was like, what the hell do I do with it now? Where do I go from here? But the way that he reassumed possession and just in one step glided past the center back. He was like a, you know, a length and a half in front of him off one, one touch and the rocket on this guy's right foot. It's insane. It's incredible to watch. Yeah, for sure. Um, he's now scored. I don't really have too much to say about the goal other than what you've just said, but he's now scored four goals in the league for Adelaide United. Um, and he becomes second on the list of teenagers scoring in the A-League before turning 18 years old, only behind Mohamed Toure, who had seven goals before his 18th birthday. Um, we discussed a few weeks ago, Tommy, you brought up a tweet that said that potentially the Central Coast Mariners and their youth development is everything that people think Adelaide United are. 
and I came across this list earlier, so I've kept it aside for the podcast. Um, in the top five, we have Torre, Aaron Kunda, Quoll, Archie Goodwin, and Danny De Silva as goal scorers under 18. But in the list of multiple goals scored, I think it's three or more goals scored by a teenager in the A-League, there is where am I? nine players that have scored more than three goals as a teenager in the A-League, and five of them belong to Adelaide United. Hot damn. That's a great stat. Maybe we just we produce better forwards than anyone else in the league. Who's on the list? Is it what is it? Alessandro, Yangi, stuff like that. Nathan yep, Burns. So the, the Torres, Aaron Kunda, Nathan Burns, and Alma Bill. Bang. There you Good go. Stuff. Adelaide turning it on, punching above our weight as always. Um, as per always. Sammy, what do you think, Aaron Kunda? No, I was going to ask you, Sammy. What do you like, Aaron Kunda? Is he everything that we think he's going to be? Yeah, I think he's excellent. He's so should he young. play more minutes like, then? Just, I think he should probably play more minutes. He could probably come on a bit earlier. Um, you're not, you're not a fan of Halloran, so. Well, just I think sometimes you know what you're getting with Halloran at times. Once you get to the 70th minute and he's played as poorly as he did on the weekend, I'd be happy to pull the trigger. Sometimes Halloran has days where he's on, but um, you know, on the weekend I thought he was quite poor. He had that one mm. moment where we went on the counter attack and Goodwin went to pick out Cloth and. Yeah. You know whether or not whether or not Clough and Halloran are communicating there or not is uh, I don't think matters. I still think even if Halloran wants to take that, that's fine. But he could have just brought it down and had a shot. I don't know why he decided to head the ball back to where he came from. So there was no <laughs> one there. It was just I don't know. It was just really poor. And he had a few moments like that throughout the game. There was one really good moment where he got on like an inside channel, picked up the ball, did that thing where he. He darts at defenders with his pace because he's so quick, but we just don't see it often enough. I know I say this every week, but I'm getting a bit of a broken, turning into a bit of a broken record. But um, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Nesta. We stuck around after the game for quite a while, didn't we? Um, we like to stick around till the players have done their lap after a win. Um, lots of people hanging around, lots of kids. They all wanted to see Nesta. Um, do we want to have any? Do you want to say anything about the whole sports science things and the amount of run-throughs that are going on after the game and all that sort of thing? Well, it's it's interesting you bring it up because uh, on one part, we'll just go back to Halloran quick. My favourite part of the Irin Kunda goal was you yelling at Halloran being down, clutching his face for a foul that wasn't there. Yeah, just like, get that, the fuck up. That to me was just fucking hilarious. There was no reason for him to be down. And like you said, he jumped to his feet immediately to celebrate when the goal went in, so... Yes, there's a bit of gamesmanship there. He's not doing anything for the team by laying down. Um, but yeah, that was it was bizarre, wasn't it? It's it's sports science, isn't it? And Diamante was called yeah. out for it uh post the Woo game because he was another one that came off the bench and was doing laps post-game, and someone else brought it to the attention that why the hell are they doing this? Like, especially because in that game there was like 35 plus degrees heat. It's to me, look, there's there must be a benefit. There must be a benefit, but what you're doing is you're robbing, you're robbing this 16 year old kid who has come off the bench and scored the winner his moment to go around and celebrate with the fans. And when the fans are sticking around, in order to you know reciprocate that kind of love and appreciation, there's a massive disconnect there. And you could see the look on Irin Kunda's face. He didn't want to be doing it. I mean, no one wants to be doing shuttles after a game, but yeah. give the guy his moment. There were there. There was heaps of kids there, and they were all like pretty much everyone that was still there 
you knew they were all they were all hanging out like they were calling his name they wanted him to come over um I, but I think I yelled at the fitness coach at one point and he looked at his watch <laughs> but they just like come on man it went on and on and on and I'm sure there is some sports science benefit to it but it can only be marginal kind of especially when these guys all get together the next day and do like a recovery session yeah you know if those guys could go and do do some work like i just i think it's a bit much it gets over the top and and unused subs as well imagine sitting there all night as an unused sub and then having to just get up and do all these runs like the reserve keepers out there doing these these big shuttles it's 10 o'clock at night like just (laughs) come on man call it the brisbane players started their run-throughs after hours and were finished before hours we we just kept going they just kept going and oh my god maybe that's why they maybe that's why they didn't win sammy I just thought it was super frustrating and I was getting super annoyed because I really wanted Nestor to have his moment and I wanted to see all those fans get their moment as well to see him. By the time it was done, it had been so long that most of the stadium was empty um, and Nestor was too knackered to kind of carry on and just yeah. he wandered off. He saw a few people over in the, on the other stand and then went in. But yeah, I just thought I'd mention that because it pissed me off. There's a part of me that wants to keep Aaron Kunda on side as well. Like I don't yeah, want him, is. especially to go to another A-League club. Like let's just treat this yeah. guy like he is, you know, a fantastic footballer, which he is. Yeah. So maybe just show him some appreciation. 100%. Uh, do we want to add any more? I think we've got, what have we got this week? Um, geez, Melbourne victory. Mm. That's coming up. What mm. I'm trying to find Interesting. my schedule here. I did That's watch them. Still a few West, weeks. Western United, Western, Western United. United this week. Oh, okay. Um, Western Sydney at home the week after, and then Melbourne Victory away. Um, okay. Cooper, do we beat Western week? United? I don't know. Tough, tough one to go away and beat. And they're the team at the moment that you don't know which Western United is going to get on the day. Um, yeah. But we're, we're, what, we're equal third with the Mariners now, and... We've had a couple chances this season to to jump to third or to jump to second when we really haven't felt like we've deserved it. And we potentially took one for the first time on the weekend. And, you know, there's another opportunity coming up this weekend and opportunities coming up every week to take points that other teams aren't getting. So if we're genuinely a top four side and if we genuinely want to push to be that team behind City, then, yeah, we need to be going to Melbourne and beating Western United. Definitely. I mean, you win the next three games, which is, you know, two winnable games, the two bottom teams, Western United and Melbourne Victory, and then you beat West Sydney, you are definitely going to be in second after that. So, I mean, depending on the Mariners, but I I can see them dropping points. This is it. This is a really good run of fixtures for us. Uh, I know two are away, but nonetheless, if we can get nine points out of this, I would be stoked. Like that for me would be the season. I'll be pleased. Whatever happens after that, I think if we reach second and we look like we can compete and we can be the second team in the league, because after that, what there'll be like nine games left. You can probably see that out. Definitely finish top four. I'm not interested in the finals. I'm not sure what we're going to do when the finals roll around. Uh, Look, I'm ambivalent towards it now, but if we can finish second this season, I'll be fucking over the moon. How will we, Um, I just wonder how we're feeling about, obviously there's been a few rumours getting around today that United have signed Luke Duzel from West United, who seems to be a little bit of an injury-prone midfielder, but people do seem to think has talent. So if he can come here and not be injured, maybe. And also Jay Barnett from Melbourne Victory, who 
we're a little bit unsold on. Jury's still out. He hasn't had a lot of playing time for Melbourne Victory, but how good can he be? On the weekend, we played three centre mids in our starting 11 and still had three on the bench in Cavallo, Yule and Aligic. We're now going to have five centre midfielders available for selection on the bench. It just seems, I know they were looking for a one-day replacement, but it seems a little bit much. It's overkill, isn't it? Considering Blackwood's out for the rest of the season, surely we should be chasing a second striker. I really thought that. I said to you yesterday when I saw that Central Coast had released Michael Roos, that mm. I thought he was someone that potentially we could have gone after just to have until the end of the season because I love Luka Yonabanovic and I want to see him get playing time in a United shirt. But Hiroshi can't buy a goal right now. He's so out of form and Luka has about 20 A-League minutes under his belt. It would not have hurt to have another striker with decent A-League experience just in and around the squad. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I think um, in terms of the signing of these midfielders, I I don't know. Adelaide United in the last few seasons, 50-50 with me in terms of signings. The cloth one hits pretty hard, uh, but the Ibasuki one was good. And I think we're at a point now with Ibasuki where it's probably, it could go one way or another, whether this is a good signing or not. I don't think that might be harsh to say, but what we've seen over the last month or so is, you know, it's taken away a lot of the good that he has done. Uh, probably, it needs to be more prolific, I'd say, with the numbers. Um, signing a striker would have been good, like you said. We'll see. I'd, I'll trust them for now. Benefit of the doubt with these midfield signings. Who knows what sort of role they can play in the next coming months. I think, you know, we have we have some good kids there that I'd like to get minutes into, but um, we'll see how it goes, I guess. Yeah, that's the thing about Jay Barnett. You bring him home, back to Adelaide, maybe he can succeed in that role. But yeah. where who are you going to play? Like, I'd rather see Allegic and you'll play. Yeah, absolutely. I think so too. Um, but you know how we feel about getting South Aussies in. Yeah, yeah. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Get him Whoever in. the other guy is, though, not not keen. <laughs> not keen. Whoever you are, not keen. <laughs> All right, we might wrap it there. Good stuff. Um, home game in a couple of weeks. I think most of us that we're in, we're in doubt. The night shift team are in doubt for this one. The Western Sydney home game in two weeks. I'll be there. I would I say so. A, I think I'm a lone wolf though, on this occasion. Yeah, lone Uh-oh. wolf. You can yeah. do that at the match by yourself, Coop. Mm. Pre-season amateur cup kicking off, so I dare say the, um, there'll be quite a few regular fans for that one missing out. Um, mm. Stay tuned. I was just going to say, Ibisuki is eight games without a goal now. Yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. doing it again, but yeah, that's mm. what I meant. That's what mm. I meant. It's been a while. Needs more, goal. Needs more goals. Mm. All right. Uh, tune in, listen to episode 100. That's out. You can check that out. Um, see you around, I guess. Where can, where can they find it, Sam? Yeah, where can you find it? Where can you listen to the pod? Where are you listening to your pod right now? That's probably where you'll find it. 